across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. There's been an ongoing conversation in the country about what has become of the proposed uh, prosecutions in particular uh, that were part of the TRC recommendations as that uh, particular entity concluded its work and why it is that we have not seen progress, at least not on a desirable scale, with the pursuit of those cases is concerned. Has there been a deliberate decision by government to protect some of the individuals who are perpetrators of this violence? What must become now of the families that are still waiting for answers today? Mondi Makanya is the editor-in-chief of the City Press, joins me now. Uh, Mr. Makanya, good morning to you. Good day and good day to the listeners. It's an important issue that you have written about this past weekend because over a period of years, we've seen increasing frustration, in particular not just from the families, but also from the different groups that represent the families, whether it's legal groups, civil society groups, on why there seems to be a very lax approach and no sense of urgency from government in truly investigating some of the cases that have been left open-ended? Yes, I mean, like, it's really a very tragic set of circumstances. The TRC process was very clear, and people would come forward and apply for am- and tell their truth and apply for amnesty, and there was a chance for everybody, whichever mm. side of the divide you were on, to actually put your story forward. And at the end of the TRC process, those who did had not gone to the TRC to apply for amnesty, and those who were refused amnesty, either because they didn't tell the full, they didn't do full disclosure, whatever, for whatever reason, those people were then meant to be pursued, investigated, and prosecuted. Um, and there was a clear part that the TRC set out, and everybody bought into that. But then what has happened since then was that is that there has been an absolute lack of interest on the part of the government that is led by the main liberation movement and whose own activists, traders and soldiers, whatever we may want to call it, were actually at the receiving end of um, apartheid atrocities. And it does seem that it has been a very deliberate um, <coughs> A, a deliberate a sitting on, on the cases and it's a, a deliberate sabotaging of mm. of, the, of, the, of, the, of the pursuit of these uh, perpetrators and of the prosecution of those who have actually been identified and found. And I mean, like as you said earlier on, I mean, like it has been very lax in terms of the people who have been brought forward and those that have been we've been brought to almost to the point of justice it's been because the families themselves and other activists have actually pursued the cases themselves and i'll quote the case of ahmed timol for mm. instance if it had not been for the doggedness of the family and and human rights groups um the Rodriguez cop would never actually have been able to be brought to, to court it's, it's a bit ironic that it, it would be an ANC-led government that is accused of deliberately um, ignoring these, these cases. The expectation for them would have been much higher. Yes, and 
So in the, what has brought the matter to the fore again now is that there was this Al Jazeera interview in which Krishnaidu, who's the agency's head of legal, was asked, why is it the case? I mean, like, why are you, why is there no interest in pursuing these things? And his answer was a very cold one, saying that, no, <clears throat> they slipped through the cracks. Mm. We may have been focusing on something else, which I thought was extremely cold and unfeeling for all those families who are demanding answers. And the... And the, who can only speculate, and um, and and the speculation is not, um, and the speculation basically, the speculation is that perhaps there is, there was some secret deal that was made without, I mean, like in, in secret between the Nets and the ANC at some point, mm. that if you proceed with these um, prosecutions, and these prosecutions may lead to much higher people, that these prosecutions. May actually uh, that we will also be able to disclose some things about what you did, and then and we all know that the ANC was heavily infiltrated at some point. That it, what if that ever happened, it would actually destroy the ANC if mm. certain names came out. I mean, like that's one of the very very strong speculations. And the reason the speculation comes forward is that it's not a question of just them being lethargic. It's not a question of them. Um, not paying attention to something, other things are not this. There has actually been a very active political interference in delaying these cases. Um, at some point, even the justice minister in the early 2000s was involved in actually frustrating the prosecutions from going forward. The, the late uh, police commissioner was also involved in actually trying to sabotage some of these prosecutions. Now, these are heavyweight ANC people. Mm. Yeah, and so it's not just a question of, as I said, it's not a question of sitting back. They actually have actively um, intervened to make sure that these uh, investigations and prosecutions don't go forward. On the on the other end of of the spectrum, then where you you know you're making a case for why you say it is that they've deliberately uh, ensured that these investigations don't don't take place, we heard at the Zondo Commission of Inquiry how the government had actively participated in you know paying and su- supporting the upkeep of of Eugene de Kock. Yes, I mean, like, it effectively, Eugene de Kock was a, became a paid employee of the state by, via very surreptitious means, by the way. It wasn't as if, like, he was brought forward to say, if they will bring Eugene de Kock forward to say, okay, help us check some of these cases. Mm. And I think Candy Zane is someone who's been willing to do so. And I think you would have then been able to see progress. But that was not the case. And I think it's a... You know, for if I could just move to the question of closure, I mean, what the families keep saying is that they will, they want to know, and they want to know what happened to their loved ones, and they want to, they want justice for their loved ones, and they want to be able to say that the Truth and Reconciliation Commission was an was actually an important project mm. in this country and that people believed in it they participated in it and they then then the, the outcomes actually need to be um, need to be respected if you think for instance in many countries that have gone through wars gone through um terrible periods and um, like and even going back as far as the as world war 2 
and the people and the Nazis were followed, they were tracked right down to places like South America, to the U.S. Some even fled down to the continent of Africa. But there was a dogged pursuit mm. of those people, and this and and it has happened in many other post-conflict areas, and in this country, um, apartheid is not that long ago. This conflict is not that long ago. We're hardly we are not even 30 years old as a, as a republic, and we are saying that we do not want to be pursuing these people who perpetrated very very evil acts, and. In addition, it's not as if it's, we're talking now, 27 years later or whatever, the suppression of these investigations started almost immediately after the TRC. So the information was fresh, and some of those people were still young and could still have been pursued. And, and a greater truth would have been achieved as to exactly how high up the orders came. What do you think this betrayal then effectively means for the families um, that are today still still waiting for for answers? And and we know that there there are hundreds of those families, Mondly. No, 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 definitely. I mean, like the, it, it, it's a great betrayal, and and what's going to make the great betrayal even worse is that some of these. Um, former perpetrators are getting older and older and older and some will some have passed on and some will pass on mm. and what you will find that, that this truth does not event does not come about and that they do not find closure some some parents of those of those people who uh, who suffered at the who died at the hands of the apartheid um uh, security forces some parents have actually passed on and without knowing mm. where did my child go, but then you, you can imagine the hurt that's there. And for the for their siblings who are now pursuing those cases, and and the one instance, I mean, like one of the uh, very prominent ones is somebody who actually holds a senior position, um, is the mayor of Pulukwane. She's the mayor of Pulukwane mm. who's seeking justice for his sister. And as well as the son of one of the Craddock Four, who's seeking, um, who's seeking the truth about his father. I mean, as you said, there are many hundreds and hundreds of others. Now, for them to actually have to go through this painful process of convincing the democratic government of the day that it is important to be doing this work for them to go through the process of actually convincing the ANC, the liberation movements, um, which, that their parents, that their, their siblings and served, I mean, and, and their, their siblings and parents served. Um, you actually, I mean, like, I, I cannot for the life of me imagine mm. that pain, waking up every day, knowing that you are knocking on doors that should be wide open but actually are shut to you. And then, in addition to that, that you are lied to by those people who say, no, 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 we're progressing, we're progressing, we're doing Mm. something about it, we're doing something about it. And then to eventually get an answer from the Chile House that, no, we think these cases fell through the cracks. Of course, one of the other issues that, that, that presents itself is that the, the project of reconciliation in this country um, cannot fully take place without even some of these cases being concluded. Because while well, people are saying we can't move on 
because we don't have answers. If we at least have answers about why our loved ones died or how they died, it gives us an opportunity to be able to truly forgive the perpetrators of this violence. That's exactly it. It is about why we agreed as a country back um, when the when uh, when at the Kempton Park negotiations. It was agreed that we would have a truth and reconciliation process, and that there would be a truth and reconciliation commission which would run that which would run that process. There were people who were saying, "No, we should have Nuremberg-style trials mm. for people who had perpetrated these crimes." But the country chose a conciliatory route rather than going that way, and that's the and that's the key thing. So now. How do you begin to say, okay, now this chapter is closed, we can move on? And I think what we must be clear about it, it's not just about these families. I mean, like, they represent um, masses and masses of other people. And it's not just the hundreds of them. Actually, it's everybody who suffered at the hands of the apartheid security forces, whether tortured, whether shot or... Um, <clears throat> or had their livelihood cut short for, for, for whatever reason. There are so many people who are waiting for this answer. So it's not just a project about a handful of families. It is a South African project and which the South African government has should be fulfilling. And if I can just look at it again, is that, you know, what also is infuriating and painful about this whole thing is that they've been, they take their time and the right to the successive presidents and successive justice ministers mm. of this country. Mm. And if they, they're lucky to get an acknowledgement that we have received your letter, we are working on it, which would be at least, which would, it would be highly inadequate, but at least would be something. But instead, they actually get stone silence in many instances. Or if they don't get that, they get false promises about... Now we will be doing this. Now we will be doing this. And, and what's happened as well <clears throat> in the past is that so it, it, it was such a non-priority for our government that in terms of resources, they actually made it, I mean, like whether it was the, the Hawks or and the, and the, basically it was deemed a priority crime mm-hmm. and when, when this happened. But the amount of resources that were actually given to the Hawks or to the NPA to actually pursue these crimes um, was minimal, 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 which showed you that there was absolutely no interest in pursuing this. At this point, is the logical answer to why nothing has taken place, is the logical answer that the ANC effectively sold out? The ANC sold out. The ANC betrayed um, its own. And I think that, but they are, do, I do not believe that they sh- it should be just left there. They actually need to account properly mm. at the highest levels as to why this has happened. And one would expect that people within the national executive of the ANC, ANC MPs, um, should would be actually asking tough questions in Parliament and within the National Executive Committee meetings as to why this is, this this has happened. They should be asking those questions of the NPA and the <coughs> and the SAPS 
Stroke Hawks when they go to present before the parliamentary committees. Mm. They should be asking this. They should be asking this of the Minister of Justice and the President. And I think they they need to be put on the spot about this. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with you. Mondi Makanya is the editor-in-chief of the City Press. And you'd remember that, you know, in the last month or so, we had that extended conversation with some of the representatives of these families. We're speaking with Yasmin Suka about the difficulties that they have been experiencing in trying to have these matters pursued. And and all of this has been, you know, self-funded and the work is able to get on through the donors who are giving to this project, but uh, there seems to be very little progress on the part of the Justice Department. Let me quickly take a call. Brian in Cape Town. Good morning to you, Brian. Good morning to you. I just want to comment. I'm actually pleased that your um, guest has uh, stated that the ANC sold out at Godessa. That is true. But the main reason, in my view, of not taking action against these perpetrators of the past regime is that the ANC had made secret deals at Codessa, and prior to the secret deals, they made more secret deals at Bosporada with the nationalist, former Nationalist Party and the imperialism and um, amongst other players at Codessa. And um, this wasn't a transparent process. To date, the public still don't know what those secret deals were. It was never an open trans- uh, and transparent uh, process, and uh, therefore you find TRCs and people, murderers, still walking around and still occupying government positions and, and so forth. So it is, it's that process that has caused uh, the problems that we have today. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks okay. for that. Thanks right. for th- okay. thanks for that, Brian. And and you know, if we just go back to uh, the the Codessa negotiations, Mr. Makanya, they've of course been big questions about what was happening behind the closed doors. Not just the not the updates that were given to um, journalists in between, but what was really being discussed behind those closed doors. Yes, I mean, like obviously, been, been, there have been those questions about, I mean, like what they call, let's say, it calls like secret deals that were made. Mm. But I don't think, you know, we should try and fall into the trap also of what some people do nowadays and say that the <coughs> that the deal that I mean, like that the big deal was led to our constitution was a sellout, um, and that's because. We got a good constitution, and the constitution actually is a very empowering constitution, which should be used to uplift people and protect people. And I mean, like it's a very, very progressive constitution. So, I think there were other deals that were that, that may have gone on, and this may be one of them. But I, think, I do not think we should conflate it with mm. the with the constitution that and the democratic order that we got from there. If I can just add, I mean, like just. Uh, uh, as well, that you know the non-follow-up, the non-prosecution of these apartheid killers and perpetrators. What it does now, it now it undermines now inadvertently the fight against corruption. Or I mustn't say inadvertently, but maybe predictably, because what now happens is that when senior leaders and um, when people are are pursued for corrupt activities. Um, people say, yeah, but what about the apartheid killers who still who are still walking free, who are not mm. 
we're, we're not in jail. Mm. And it's a totally different conversation. But like, but I mean, like, it has actually given ammunition to the worst elements in our society right now to hide to hide behind that fig leaf. And and it's something that whatever people do going forward, I mean, like, what people who other people, people steal or people commit acts of injustice and so on. We, you will never be able to hold them to account properly because we did not hold the apartheid regime to account in the way that we were supposed to. It, it really speaks to the credibility of, of the system, right, that you want people to be able to trust it. And in order to instill that credibility, you have to ensure and you have to show that you're committed to wrongdoing across the board and especially where it has uh, been the worst that South Africans have experienced. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, like, this is, yeah, it has undermined the justice system altogether. It has undermined the reconciliation project. It has mm-hmm. undermined the nation building project. And it's undermined our belief in the journey that people so painfully went through mm-hmm. in those years of um, pouring their hearts out and, 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 and being given hope. And so, and again, a question needs to be asked is, why is the ANC stroke government protecting apartheid killers? Mondi Makanya is the editor-in-chief of the City Press. Thank you so much for your time on The Talking Point. Let's leave it there for this morning. It's also where I'm going to wrap it up for the day. Of course, back with you again tomorrow morning. Uh, it's time for the update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo.